Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes, and also at 97.3 FM in Washington. Our first guest this morning from the Knox County United Way and the United Way of Crawford County, Illinois, is Mark Hill. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, it's a beautiful fall day. You know, I mean, October and it's 80 degrees, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I just do the forecast for next week. Enjoy it. It comes Enjoy. down. Yeah, it yeah, does. Like it should. Hey, it's fall, bud. That's all we it can is. say. All righty. Uh, before we go any farther, though, we're, we're going to be... Uh, Talking about uh, the Homeless Task Force yes. and an event coming up, you brought a guest with you. I did. I brought Mackenzie Skipper-Young from Children and Family Services uh, here, and, and Mackenzie's uh, a mainstay on our Homeless Task Force uh, um, body there, and a lot of people don't fully understand that organization, so we can explain that a little bit in a minute. But uh, but Mackenzie has been working on some exciting things, and we have a, a landlord training coming up in November that we'll talk about too. Okay, good morning, Mackenzie, by the way. Good morning. I'm glad you're with us, and we'll be with you Thanks. in a second, or you, you can chime in anytime. Right, we're, right. we're friends. Absolutely. We're That's friends, right. just whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing a campaign presentation at Children Family Services on Monday at lunch. They've always been, they were actually part of our early campaign in the old days back when they had the youth village and, and the, yes. a different kind of staff, but uh, right. we're, more, we're more focused now. Okay, all right. Well, let's talk about the campaign. <laughs> yeah, so it's ongoing. Uh, we completed our Good Samaritan Hospital drive, and uh, we have their celebration this afternoon. Um, and uh, they reduced their goal a little bit uh, because of the, the Family Health Center breaking off uh, and, and becoming its own entity with the mental health portion of their services. So now we're conducting a campaign there uh, starting next week. So we would say that roughly that we're at a third of uh, our overall goal that we set for this year. And uh, we've had some exciting things happen along the way. We had a silent auction up at Edwardsport, the Duke plant, and they raised about $21,000 uh, in that. So that's about $3,000 more than last year. Um, and now we're reaching out to uh, our mailing list for our individual donors. So each kind of month has its own sort of campaign focus. Um, so we've had uh, our uh, payroll deduction campaigns. We have our last uh, meeting at Vincent's University today. Uh, then we've had small business uh, efforts here over the last month, and now we're focused on our individual donate, donating. So, you know, if people want to donate, they can go to our website at uh, unitedwayofnoxcounty.org and click on that Donate Knox button, and you're off to the races. What if there's a group out there, a business that says, I don't think I'm big enough to do payroll deduction. What do you say to them? So we have a number of companies that are like that. So I would say two different things. Some do uh, corporate donations, uh, like we have a local construction company in town that we work with. They participate in our day of caring, uh, get their staffs involved in that, and then they donate like towards our bedtime in a box. Uh, program so we have unique ways and we try to customize what we do because we understand like you said you know some organizations are not big enough for payroll deduction but we do have the, a number of different organizations that are oftentimes represented by some of our board members uh, that do offer individual pledge cards to uh, employees so that they understand that every dollar counts you know it doesn't matter if you make a five dollar ten dollar fifty dollar donation it all rolls up and adds up in the end uh, and then any new donation, and we always like to say this, any new donation to our effort is matched 
by Eli Lilly. So new dollars, new campaign dollars, increases in people's donations uh, also is matched. So we can draw down an additional $75,000 in funds that will support programs like Bedtime in a Box and free, the Vita Tax Service, et cetera. What about and the Homeless Task Force. Yeah. What about a, an individual who maybe wants to do a uh, payroll deduction, not part of a company. Well, so, we, so here's a good example. I, I know a, uh, an employee that uh, does that, that uh, we have, uh, it's called GiveSmart is our donation okay. uh, CRM base that people can donate online. But like some people uh, will make a, a monthly donation uh, through that uh, effort. So you can, when you go to our online donatable uh, site that gives you that choice. You can make a single donation or you can donate like you would through payroll. You know? Okay. I was going to say, some people, that's fine. Just take it. I don't want to know. If it's not there, that's fine. I mean, Absolutely. That's the advantage. But you know what I find is that, and that's increasing, is younger employees that oftentimes don't stick with an organization for a long time, which seems to define that old generation, oh, yeah. you know, uh, don't get payroll deduction. I mean, they don't seem to understand it, you know, so they're so used to this. It's not there, you don't miss they're it. They're used to picking up their phone, oh, it's Susie's birthday, right. I'll give $25 to cancer research or whatever. Right. And that's a good thing, but uh, but yeah, it, it sort of subtracts from the efforts we try to do. Okay, all right. Again, we've talked about, we don't, we don't have a goal. You know, no, our no. our campaign directors do. Oh yeah, and, and, I'm, I'm, and they've been doing great. They have and really I'm scared of both of them, so I won't even ask. They are powerful business oh, women. Oh my god! Well, one is powerful. One is I can't. You know, Laura comes at you. Brava kind of lurks in the shadows. Yeah. And, oh, but she's she's made really great efforts. I know and, they're uh, great. Great. I appreciate what she's done. Great choices, and yeah. I think. Um, Again, they, they probably have their own, you're right. Yeah, they're, you're yeah. Know, and they're competitive folks, which sure is, they, that's, oh, great. Uh, that's you, great. You would think so. You know, a realtor and a banker, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, well, well, it sounds good. Now, if somebody's out there listening says, you know, I want to get this thing started. You know, I, I don't even know where to go. Mm -hmm. Give me a, what's the first step? For donating? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, again, you know, we, we have a really nice website, a decent Facebook site. You know, people can go there and check out the activities. You know, we always try to encourage people to understand United Way is a year-round organization, and we're always seeking um, collaborations between our partner agencies. CFS is a great example of that. We've done all kinds of things with them over time, and so that's what United Way has the flexibility in doing. You know, we tackle sometimes impossible tasks like the the homeless task force. So uh, people need to understand that we have uh, relationships with organizations like Duke and like Lilly that allow us to leverage other funds. We brought in probably close to $350,000 during COVID uh, from Eli Lilly to sustain our food banks and help with rent and, and uh, utility assistance and mainly food. Uh, we had projects, well, McKenzie's group was part of this. You know, we got a grant from Duke uh, during the hottest week of the year, mm -hmm. and we purchased, you know, several hundred fans that we distributed through CFS, through Helping His Hands. So it's that those kind of things that United Way is good at and can can operationalize that a lot of people don't they think some people just see us as oh those guys come out every fall and they raise money and right. you know, that's a good thing but but we're really an ongoing uh, organization okay giving tuesday 
So that's, you know, like uh, Black Friday, like Cyber Monday, it's a reminder to people that uh, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving is a time to take a pause, <clears throat> you know, uh, tighten your belt up and say, oh my God, you know, maybe we need to be doing something charitable. And uh, there are lots of organizations that take advantage of that day online, uh, Facebook and other organizations oftentimes match efforts. Uh, so we're putting together uh, something that will splash on Giving Tuesday. And so we're looking forward to getting that word out uh, once we know what we're doing okay i'm gonna <laughs> skip around because i'm gonna save a full segment for mckinsey okay yeah okay that's great let's jump around real quickly downtown celebrations well you know we you mentioned you know visibility and the importance of keeping our word in the public eye and again i keep coming back to cfs but uh we have this really nice window space we have three segmented windows there and i always told my board that's like we know we need to be celebrating our partner agencies you know and so this month is domestic violence month and uh, kathy bush from hope's voice i said kathy would you decorate one of our windows you know and you had sold purple pumpkins and so we got uh, our purple pumpkin there and hope's voice information and decorated a whole board and then i talked to regina blinn because i'm on board of works with her husband steve and i said well you're doing witches on the oh, bike yeah. what a great thing they have 188 people that I are going to be riding their I bikes know. you know and it's for a great cause for women's health and so i said give me a witch you know so they did this wizard of oz thing and we put that whole thing in our window so it's a win-win thing for us and then our american family insurance uh neighbors uh, right down the street are saying well we're having this candy you know thing on friday you want to be a part of that and i said well i guess we should sure right? so so i think the more that we try to stay visible and we're doing all those things uh, including the downtown hollywood hollywood halloween bash <laughs> hey maybe i have my own twist i'm, I'm a hollywood <laughs> we're doing that uh, this friday from four to seven all right let's take a break we got a lot to talk about with mckenzie and we'll, we'll be back after this on the morning chat on waov have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger here on WAOV. Our guest this morning, first of all, we have Mark Hill from the Knox County United Way. As uh, we're talking about, well, we're going to move to the Knox County Homeless Task Force and what you're going to be doing there. Mackenzie's with us as she is going to also be involved with some uh, landlord education. So, Absolutely. Okay, let's, let's go to the beginning, okay? How this all... What's the homeless task force? Where we're at right now with that? So what you know, what we are is a clearinghouse, an organization that meets uh, quarterly to try to bring various entities together. Children Family Services has a number of grants that they operationalize for the community, um, and so then we we are an information clearinghouse, but we're also a place where people can focus and try to push things in a certain direction. And we have uh, CFS has recognized uh, the important value of engaging landlords, uh, particularly through your domestic violence grants. And as those things got started, uh, McKenzie and, Mo and Molly Ewing said, well, why don't we do something for the public? So the four of us met with uh, Emily Bunyan uh, recently, and we'll let uh, McKenzie tell you what what that's about. Morning. Good morning. Okay. How are you? I'm fine. Tell me about what's going on. So uh, through the course of the last year and a half, 
we've uh, tried to focus more on what homelessness in Knox County and Vincent specifically look like. And when um, the city of Vincennes was awarded a tenant-based rental assistance grant through the IHCDA in February, and CFS was tasked to administer that, we found that um, one of the barriers is getting local landlords to say yes when they're in the process of basically housing somebody that's more high risk, somebody that's had evictions on their record, somebody that has a past uh, of substance use disorder, and people that generally wouldn't be approved. Okay. All right. I was wondering where the landlord came in on this. Now I'm starting to see the picture on this. Yes. So, but what we found is that when you have funding and you have some backup, landlords are really very excited to participate because they know that if something goes wrong or something, you know, falls apart, there is a uh, safety net yes. in there to um, kind of help them out. That's why we've, uh, brought in information on the landlord mitigation reserve program which is a new program in in indiana that is also a safety net program for um landlords to enroll in and if something were to go south with one of their renters who had had felonies on their background um, there is basically a fund that they can get paid back for any damages lost rent etc let me ask you this mckenzie child and family services before this all came about how did, what was your relationship with landlords? I mean, I mean, how did you, this all get started with you and landlords before the grant came available? Before this grant came available, um, Hope's Voice had done a ton of work in the domestic violence and sexual assault arena, and they had received grants to help um, house emergency homeless survivors of violence. So that's how it started. Started. And then we also have the lead program that we help administer for the hospital that is uh, law enforcement assisted diversion. And a lot of those clients, a lot of those people, we found the biggest problem is they were homeless or not in stable housing. So through that work, we also were engaging local landlords to try and figure out how we could stabilize people and then reduce the recidivism rate for those people that are uh, often arrested just because they're homeless okay you know i and then i had never even heard of the tbra grant okay that's right I, I mean I, these I, are one of those things uh, tell I them mean, what tbra stands for so tbra is tenant-based <laughs> rental assistance uh -huh. it's through the ihcda which is the indiana housing and community development authority yeah correct <laughs> right good job she's and, two for two yeah <laughs> um and so basically what that is is there are two requirements. You have to have been arrested at least one day in your life, and you have to be either immediately homeless, emergently homeless, um, at risk of homelessness due to eviction, exiting incarceration like work release, or fleeing domestic violence. To qualify, you have to meet one of those categories. And then um, we do an income calculation, and you have to be at or below 60% of the area median income okay so this is for people who have been in trouble before and are living in poverty okay what is the of course the goal is to get people homes mm -hmm. i mean a place to go mm -hmm. i mean without a doubt that's that's the goal but there are so many circumstances that lead people to become homeless right you know we all think that they lost their job you know they don't mm -hmm. have any money any income but there are other circumstances that also could play a factor and that's where you're coming in mm -hmm. with i mean with all this 
uh, right. all so, this information. Yeah, so I think that you're right. I mean, it's kind of an inside-out approach that, you know, previously people said, well, we've got to have a shelter. Or we've got to have some place that people go. <clears throat> but really to address uh, homelessness is a broad umbrella. You know, there are uh, veteran issues. There's mental health issues, substance abuse issues, domestic violence, legal problems. So I think by breaking this down and looking at how you can cover those folks that are most vulnerable, those folks that uh, have the hardest time getting into the system, uh, these grants that McKenzie has described here really have been a godsend for the community. And there are literally, over the last couple of years, hundreds of people that have been served both in Knox and Davies County uh, through grants that uh, these guys manage. So we're, we're beginning to kind of <clears throat> uh, reimagine, redefine what it means to intervene with these kind of folks and, and engaging folks like local landlords who are taxpayers, they are business people, mm -hmm. they are folks that can really help stabilize somebody's circumstances. So things like stabilization, food, and, and other kinds of support that help these clients. The length of time that you can work with folks through the domestic violence rates is amazing, right? I mean, that's yeah, it. Uh, domestic violence, they can always come back. Right. 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 So, so, and she used the word safety net, which I think is an important thing. So, part of this is immediate intervention, but part of it is also uh, secondary and tertiary intervention, where we're trying to prevent homelessness mm -hmm. from folks that are most vulnerable. Right now, silly me. We've talked about all this. We didn't say when it was or what it was at. Okay, <laughs> I apologize. No, that's okay. okay. You gotta okay. kind of know what we're doing before we know where we're going. Okay, right. all right. Well, so where are we going now? Okay, where's it at? All right, so we're gonna have landlord education hours. It's at the Knox County Public Library, 502 North 7th Street. This is gonna be on November 15th. Oh. We have two sessions, 12 to one for the lunch hour and then six to 7 p.m in the evening for anybody that wants to come after the work day is done and like i said we're going to talk about the tenant-based rental assistant grant program that's run through the city and our organization also the landlord mitigation reserve program which is a safety net for landlords for some funds back if uh their you know land property is damaged etc okay. and then we're also going to talk about the indiana iera program which is the Indiana Emergency Rental Assistance Program, and this is IERA 2. The original IERA uh, was focused more on COVID and loss of home or loss of home or living situation because of COVID, but IERA 2 is now funded through 2024, and um, it's a process you have to ap apply for through uh, TRICAP, which our person is in Dubois County. And um, our lead people specifically have had a lot of success getting landlords funding through the IERA, which is up to 18 months okay. past due rent and mm. three months going forward. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Wow. So that's for anybody that's in a lease and can't pay their rent. Tibra is for anybody that is not in a lease. Okay. All right. So so, you know, the other thing that we might mention in this process, and one of the things that we have mutually worked at uh, over the last couple of years with the assistance of the library and their board um, is making the uh, Margaret Compton Center, the recovery hub there, um, That's a, a the visible, right, across uh, the street from the library, library, the old library annex, uh, being a visible place where there are case managers now that are available that can interpret some of the things that uh, McKinsey is saying. Uh, there are steps that landlords and individual tenants can take but a lot of times these things really need a navigator somebody that can assist people 
through the process because it is actually a practical um, intervention and program. People just need to have somebody to hold their hand to get through it. Yeah, some of it can be a little bit cumbersome uh, through the state, getting the money back, et cetera. So we are there to um, explain how we can help them figure out and uh, manage getting into these funds, getting uh, signed up, et cetera. Okay. All right. And again, if you're a landlord, this a lot of this could be new. I yes. Mean, I mean, yes. Sure. There are a number so of landlords, I'm sure, that are out there that uh, don't have a clue. Right. Um, and that's that's the ones we're trying to reach. Good. And so we certainly encourage others that have public interest in this, and the same with the homeless task force. Uh, we meet next on uh, the second Tuesday in December, which I believe is the 12th, um, at nine o'clock at Helping His Hands, and that's on Zoom. And we, we actually have a pretty substantial um, Zoom and mail email list of folks, and so they keep abreast, and uh, it's important to keep those people involved as well. McKids, let me ask you one more question: What do you hope the landlords get out of this meeting? Just the information or the understanding of what the homeless task force is really about, or Right. I hope that they understand what the Homeless Task Force is really about, what we do, and also what some of these programs can do for them and their businesses and uh, basically all of their holdings. You know, we had a couple landlords say, you know, I'm not willing to rent my houses anymore because I just have to fix them up again after we're done. So we hope to um, educate our landlords so that maybe more come back into uh, renting again and you know to be honest with you i think some landlords actually got kind of get stereotyped you know uh yeah. by, by yeah, the general community you know and but we do have great landlords and we have people that work very closely with us so we greatly appreciate those people that are invested at that level okay real quickly want to mention uh uh, Bertha Proctor. Yeah, yeah, Bertha. Of course, I've known Bertha for many years, and she's been a decades-long um, leader in our community and uh, uh, CEO at uh, Pace. Um, and so uh, she's retiring, and I think she has a party uh, this Friday, I think. Yeah. And uh, that will be a party. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the Pace people know how to party. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, also congratulate the newly appointed uh, CEO, Ty Blythe. It's <clears throat> also uh, friends of Mark, friends of McKenzie, and uh, um, uh, definitely involved in the community as well. And so uh, we just wanted to kind of announce that as well. Okay. And again, if anybody has any questions <laughs> about the landlord education uh, event, who they contact? Uh, they can go ahead and contact me. Um, you can reach me at myoung at cfsindiana.org, or you can call 812-316-1297. And I'll be able to let you know all you need to know. Well, great job, guys. Appreciate you coming in. No problem, man. It's great to be here. All righty. Nice Happy meeting Halloween. You. <laughs> all righty. And stay tuned. More of the Morning Chat coming up on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on 97.7 FM, 97.3 FM, and 1450 AM WAOV. Cheryl Boyd on the phone with us this morning from Social Security, and good morning. Good morning. A lot to talk about today. Cheryl gave me the old run now before we started, and uh, well, we got a lot to talk about. Let's talk about Medicare. 
absolutely. First thing with Medicare, for your Medicare um, beneficiaries, um, Medicare released Ed, um, on the same day that Social Security released its cost of living adjustment, Medicare also released what their Medicare Part A and Part B premiums and deductibles are for next year. So um, when you're on Medicare, that monthly amount that you're paying, your premium to have Medicare, generally is taken out of your Social Security check each month. And last year, or this year in 2023, it was $164.90. It's going up at $9.80. So for all those that are on Medicare and if you're a budgeter, you would change that amount for your traditional Medicare um, premium to $174.70. That's the new amount for next year. Okay. All right. Um, was that expected? You know, I have. I do, I no longer keep my ear towards the pavement um, to hear the rumors or what folks think <laughs> the Medicare amount's going to be or the Social Security amount is going to be. Um, what I think is awesome is that folks know now in October what things are going to be in January. I um, also think it's awesome that Social Security went up, and it went up um, 3.2%. So that's roughly about $50 a month for each person. So your Social Security in general is going up roughly about $50 and your Medicare is only going up $9.80. So, Ed, I think that's great news that you still have an increase because I've been with the agency for for a long time, and there were some years where it seemed like Medicare took almost all of that cost of living adjustment, if not more. And so I think just for your, for your listeners to have, you know, roughly a $10 increase in Medicare, um, but a $50 increase in Social Security. I think that's pretty good news. That is great news. We always want to hear good news. So there you go. Also, we want to mention that it's open enrollment period, isn't it? Oh, and that is so important, this open enrollment season for Medicare. So again, for your beneficiary, for your listeners who are um, receiving Medicare, um, I just want to encourage them to not ignore um, this open enrollment. You know, too many people let open enrollment come and go without checking to make sure um, that their current coverage is going to take care of their medical needs um, and fit their financial budget. I, I think it's good to say that, one, you need to check and see what your current plan is going to cost next year and what it's going to cover. And then if you're happy with it, and those listeners don't need to do anything. If they're happy with what it's going to cost, they're happy with what it's going to cover. If they don't do anything, they stay in their current plan. But and if they go in and look at those, that, those two pieces of information, what it costs and what it covers, and they're not happy with it, they have the opportunity to look at other plans and to change into those other plans, and then it would be effective in January. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I, I haven't reached it yet. I, I'm starting, I'm to the point now where I'm keeping an eye on this because it's going to be a couple of years. And let me just ask you this, Charo. Somebody like myself who is knocking on the door to this, but 
not quite there yet. What are some of the things that I really need to pay attention to on this? Mm, excellent question, Ed. So for your listeners who are not receiving benefits, um, not receiving Medicare yet, what are some things that they can do? I would encourage them to start having conversations with their doctors to see, you know, what those providers, do those providers uh, participate in Medicare? Um, You know, the majority of doctors in the U.S. do, but it doesn't hurt to check to see, hey, does your doctor, you know, participate in Medicare? Um, Also to see if they're, you know, what area um, they fall in for like a Medicare Advantage plan, Um, you know, so that you can understand what networks they're in. So I think that would be a great place to to start. And then I think it would be helpful to um, be looking at your medications and understanding the medications that you're taking because when it comes to Medicare, you know, there's that Part D of Medicare that covers meds. And so being able to, you know, talk with your doctor, see if they take Medicare, see if they're in a particular Medicare network so you can be able to, be thinking about whether or not you want traditional Medicare or Medicare Advantage plan, and then looking at your medications. Okay, sounds good. I mean, that's, you know, some of the things I'm glad you told me to look at. But I assume that, gosh, I hate to say that word, that most doctors do participate in the program. But but I, I can't assume that, I guess, right? Yeah, that's Yeah, that's not the safest place to be is at that assumption. Um and and to you know, I I think that since they're your healthcare provider, you know they might be able to have some insight, you know, in regards to the Medicare options because it's not just yes I get Medicare or no I don't get Medicare, but again you have traditional Medicare, you have Medicare Advantage plans, you have Medicare supplement plans, and and I am not the expert on all the Medicare options, but I do know how to point people to the expert when it comes to Medicare. And of course you have, you know, Medicare directly. So you have 1-800-MEDICARE and their website, medicare.gov. But there is also a state agency called SHIP. And I I know we are doing radio. I'm going to look up uh, SHIP's toll-free number. I love SHIP because they are able to explain all your options with Medicare, so explain the differences, what they cover, what they do not cover. Um, I remember I, I remember when my dad was trying to decide um, what to do. He's a veteran, and so he was trying to make the decision on whether or not to um, enroll in Medicare or just continue his services with the VA. We talked with the ship counselor and um, got information and insight about the option he had to just get his medications at the VA even, and still, you know, have his other health care providers. So I want to give a toll-free number out to your listeners. Here in Indiana, again, the agency I'm giving them, Ed, is called SHIP. I always say, if you're feeling lost in the sea of health insurance and all of these options, and some individuals and say that they get overwhelmed with all the options of this sea of health insurance. There's a ship that can navigate you. So it's ship like boat, and it stands for the State Health Insurance Program. And their um, toll-free number is 1-800-452-4800. Again, that was 800-452-4800. And their website is medicare.in.gov. I love them because they are a state agency, 
So they are not selling you anything. They're just there to be able to give you information about your options with Medicare. Okay. All right. And again, just get that number a call. It's worth it. <laughs> the money it'll save you is enormous. And the peace of mind, if I could just add that, I like to have the peace of mind that I have looked into or pursued my options, and I've made an informed decision that works best for me. And the only way for me that I can make an informed decision is I got to go to the folks who are the expert in that arena for them to educate me or give me information so that way I can make that informed decision. And so, again, of course, Medicare.gov or 1-800-MEDICARE, you know, going to the source. But, again, I love the state agency as well. Um, and, again, 800-452-4800 to reach your, um, a ship near you. Okay, good, good. All right, what else is going on? You know, I want to encourage your listeners as we're, I'm going to still stay in my lane on Medicare open enrollment. I just want to encourage them to not wait until the last minute to do their selection for their Medicare option. So this open enrollment um, season is going through December the 7th. And I don't want your listeners waiting until December 6th or have forbid wait until December 7th to go online and make their inputs. Um, we're early, we're, I guess we're, we're at the end of October, so you got plenty of time. I encourage you to sit down, put something on your calendar, make an appointment with the ship counselor, make an appointment with a friend or a loved one who you trust to help you to understand things, see if there's a, a senior center in your area or an area on aging in your area, and be informed and get understanding about your options. But again, Ed, I just wanted to throw that in there so that so that maybe I could save a few folks some stress and headache um, to not wait until the last minute. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know what, and Cheryl, I don't know how many years we've done this show together, but we always tell people about the website. And if you're not... If you're listening and you've never been to the website, this is an opportunity to do so because if you have a question about about uh, the open enrollment period, I know the ship counselor is a place to go, but if you need something right now, you know, just go there. I mean, there, there, there's so many things, you know, and and I'm I'll be honest, I'm getting inching closer, closer, closer to that retirement time. <laughs> You know, and I don't say I'm getting there. I'm inching there, but I will get there. And when I do, I'm going to be prepared because I'm aware of this website. And I think everybody needs to be. You know, in addition to, you know, talking about SHIP's website, I want your listeners to know, I was just thinking about when I was talking about making informed decisions. And I'm not going to say the online service that I'm often shopping with, but when I am online shopping with this provider, I often add, look at the ratings and the reviews. I am often looking to see how many people have brought this item. And from those people who brought that item, what did they say about this item? And I want your listeners to know that they can do the same thing in regards to Medicare. So they can go to Medicare.gov, and um, there's a star rating for the Medicare plans. So you can be able to see what are people that are currently in that plan saying about it. 
And I just, I love that. I don't know if you do any online shopping. Again, I want to say the provider's name, but I love seeing how many folks have brought this and what are they saying about it. Um, that sways me on whether or not um, I'm going to purchase that item or maybe spend a couple of dollars more for one who that might be more sturdy or, you know, has better ratings or reviews. So just know that you can read um, the star ratings um, for your Medicare plans at Medicare.gov, and I think that's awesome. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, retirement in general because, you know, we are getting close to the final two months of the year, and some people may be in, have in their mind in 2024, whether it's in January or maybe you're going to wait till June to retire. If you don't have your plans now, you're a little bit behind, honestly, but it's not too late, but uh, you really got, need to get moving, right? You know, I I want to just talk nicely to your listeners who don't have plans yet, and I want to tell them there's no time to plan like the present. So for them to go ahead and, um, you know, when I talk about our website, Ed, I'm not saying it because my boss is telling me to say it, which my boss does want me to say it, but I'm telling it. I'm telling you about our website because it really is a great resource for information. Most of your listeners have a smartphone, so simply from their smartphone, they can go to ssa.gov. They're going to get our mobile version. And what I would encourage your, the, your listener who hasn't planned yet is take the time, create their secure My Social Security account, ssa.gov slash my account, and there they can see their Social Security statement. And that is one of your best planning tools when it comes to Social Security because you're going to see what wages have been taxed um, for Social Security, and you're going to see the estimates of your benefit amounts at different ages. Um, and then, you know, and while they're there on our website, they can, I know we talked about the COLA being released, uh, the cost of living adjustment for Social Security. Within our COLA press release, we um, included a fact sheet, and that fact sheet has what next year's uh, wage limits are. So if you have someone that they're trying, maybe they're under full retirement age, so they're going to be subject to a wage limit, you know, they can go there and see what the wage limit is for next year and maybe be able to sit down and kind of work out a plan to say, hey, what if I retire in June and I have this much wages? Or what if I, you know, retire in the spring? Like they can put in different scenarios and even use a retirement estimator that you can put those scenarios in as well. Okay. i got a few minutes left. Anything else you'd like to talk about? You know, um, let me finish um, as we're getting close to Halloween. And I know I've, I've driven and I've seen some folks that are very creative uh, with their yards and have them looking um, pretty spooky. Um, I want to, you know, just in, in line of that thought about things that are spooky or things to be aware about, and I want to remind your listeners to be aware that there are scams going on in regards to Social Security, and I'm sure as we're going into the larger holiday season of Christmas, etc., that these scammers are going to continue to be more savvy, not just with trying to scam Social Security beneficiaries, but they're trying to scam folks with um, your electric company, your um, Internet, your Amazon accounts. I could just continue to go on. And so I just want to encourage your listeners that if they become aware of a problem based off of a phone call, an email, a text, or even a letter, that they become aware of a problem that they did not know they had, 
And the person or letter is also offering a solution to that problem. And in return, they either want payment or they need your Social Security number. Then most likely it is a scam. Okay. And again, if just be aware of that, right? Be aware of it. Absolutely. Um, please be aware. You can go to oig.ssa.gov and report any scams to us. Um, that helps keep us up to date with what the trends are and how you know what they're changing and what they're saying. Um, and then we have our process that if you have fallen victim to a scam, um, how you're able, again, to report it to us for us to be able to um, assist you in regards to Social Security scams. So I'll finish there with just wanting your listeners to be aware. And if they would help a friend or a family member, just let them be aware as well and just say, hey, you know what? It's, it's scamming season. We're thinking of Halloween. Think about also it's scamming season and to be aware. Okay. Cheryl, always a pleasure. Look forward to talking to you in November. Thanks, Ed. Take care. You too now. Stay tuned. More of the morning chat coming up on WAOV.